Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Good morning, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I'm the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. And, well, you know, hey, we're here to um, talk about floors with Sean DeVore. Good morning, Dave. How are you today? Boy, I thought I lost you there a minute. No, I was just trying to follow your lead. Yeah, yeah well, I'm not leading too well this morning. Apparently, <laughs> had, there was a little bit of a delay there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, folks, if you haven't heard Sean before, he's with Mannington Mills. So, uh, Sean, it's the second week of May. We've talked a lot about floors and stuff, but some folks may not know you very well. So, uh, let's catch them up. Okay, my name is Sean DeVore. I'm with Mannington Mills, Mannington Commercial. I am a commercial sales rep for South Georgia and North Florida. I'm responsible for calling on hospitals, secondary and primary education, architects, as well as uh, subcontractors who install, purchase and install floor co- commercial floor covering. I've been in the business since 1991, and uh, I look forward to it every day. You know, folks, if you've been with us, we usually talk with Sean on the first Monday of every month, but it's the second Tuesday of the month. So, Sean, why are we late this month? Well, um, there's a couple of reasons. I guess uh, the one was uh, totally uh, my fault yesterday. I kind of got messed around on my times with an end user who I needed to do a maintenance PK with. So, so that was the reschedule of yesterday. Um, last week I had a, de- or two weeks ago, I had a detached retina and I had to have some surgery done emergency. So I'm, I was recovering from that. So there's been a multitude of things going on. Uh, uh, so I would imagine that you're fully recovered since you were driving yesterday. Uh, yeah, my eye is fully recovered. I have, I still have a gas bubble in my eye, um, that they use, that gas bubble is used to apply pressure to the repair that the doctor makes. And, um, and me, it seems to be, uh, my little buddy. So it seems to be taking a while for it to dissipate. He at first told me two weeks, now it's three weeks. And I, and I read on, uh, the scare site WebMD that some people go as long as six months with one. So who knows? Yeah, you did what you shouldn't do. Go to the yeah. internet and ask for advice on medical issues. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, and folks, if you don't know it, uh, you know, now going almost 10 months ago, uh, you know, I had heart surgery and I'm on the Zipper Club on Facebook. And, you know, the thing is, is we do these things, don't we, Sean? Oh, yeah, yeah, you do. You, you, you don't get the response that you think you want or as fast as you want. So you go other places to get it. You can always go online and get some type of answer, rather bad or good. Now, you know, and, that, and that brings up a good subject this morning. 
you know, we've got YouTube videos out there. I've got hundreds of them up there. I've got four YouTube channels. Uh, we're putting up new ones all the time and stuff. And, you know, in our Rockstar program, I always tell people these are resources. That's It's like going to the library and getting information. Not everything that you read is something you follow 100%. No, and every, like I told the facility gentleman, the maintenance director that I met with at the hospital yesterday, I have a perfect world that I live in as a flooring manufacturer's rep. Um, you have a reality that you live in, the budget that you have, the types of machines that you're limited to use, the employee base, and the time required to clean, you know, not just the floor, but the whole hospital. So we have to work within those means and that's that also means guidelines sometimes get grayed or changed a little bit well i think you bring up a good point there you, you know it's kind of like the the videos and the documentation and the courses that we put out here at the academy um they are our best practice guidelines from all that we know, see, here, and all of the colleagues and all the people and the resources we have, do, do people actually follow any of them? I would say uh, for the most part, no. <laughs> there was a lot of hesitancy on your part. Yeah, I've got very, I do have customers that, that do, uh, client, end users, clients that follow the guidelines very well. Uh, based on the experience that I've had or the things that, that we've talked about. And, and they have successful uh, programs. But there's other uh, facilities that I, they just will not follow the guidelines. There's so many different inputs. As you and I have talked before, you've got chemical salespeople, flooring salespeople. You have flooring installers, flooring contractors, the administration of the hospital. I mean, there's so many players involved. Uh, when it comes down to maintenance, that uh, I'm surprised they get anything done. Well, and, and you know what's interesting, as you mentioned all of that, you didn't mention professional floor care experts that give them advice, and we're the last ones that they get advice from. And it's like, well, why are you paying attention to all of these people that don't take care of floors for a living and do this, you know, from a professional viewpoint? Why are you taking all of this advice and, and feeling that that is real when they couldn't go out and clean the floor if they wanted to? Well, I've, I've been always dismayed with that um, issue in our business uh, my whole career as I got more seasoned and learned more and was more educated, uh, which I forced myself to do in the business so I could be a proper person to provide that professional information. You know, if I meet with a, a I've met with doctors and I met with attorneys and different people over the years who want to tell me that this is not the right floor covering for their space. Even if I went into the doctor's office, I just have to accept what he says because he's a doctor. Or if the lawyer charges me four hundred dollars an hour to help me with some constraint that I have, either with someone else or something I've done, I have to pay him. No questions asked. So I don't understand why we're not respected as a, as professionals uh, in the business if I've been doing it for 30 years. You know, it is a very hard thing, and, and you bring up a good point. Uh, one of the things that we have gotten over the years is who says that 
your product is accredited. I mean, you say accredited, you know, floor care expert, accredited luxury vinyl technician. Who mm -hmm. says that you can do that? I'm like 45 years in the business. Yeah. And, and it's not, and it's, you know, and I think this brings up a point that, you know, a gentleman, whenever I was young, told me, you know, I don't think you have 20 years of experience. I think you have one year of experience that you've done 20 years. And there is so much of that out there. But one of the things that we strive to do here at the Academy is to make sure that our experience is ongoing, productive, and is moving forward. That's why we released a brand new course today. You know, it's it's always moving forward to be more progressive with today and changing. Um, and I think that's the point that we need to make with experiences. It's not just keen continuing doing the same thing. And so many of the guidelines that you see out there are just throw up of the same thing we've been doing for the last 30 years. Well, and that's and that's what I try to impose upon customers that I meet, it's not the keywords you used in that previous phrase was productive and moving forward or progressive. So those things are important because I'm trying to help you solve a problem. That was the one thing that the gentleman said yesterday. I don't want to buy a floor because he's going from VCT that he has to strip and wax. Right. Uh, he's been doing it in that hospital forever to a floor that doesn't require that type of maintenance. And he goes, I can't come in here and clean this floor all the time. Um, I just can't afford to do that. And I'm, I explained to him that I am here to help you so you don't have to do that, that you do have to maintain the product. You do have to take care of it just like you wash your clothes, but you don't have to do the whole process of strip and wax. Just because it's a low maintenance floor doesn't mean it's a no maintenance floor. So let's Correct. get, you know, let's get productive. And, and uh, one of his biggest issues was, they're so used to putting chemical on the floor that they are mixing neutral cleaner and chemical every single time they clean the floor and they clean the floor every night. And I'm like, you don't need to use chemical every night. You, this floor has enough chemical on it right now to wash it for another three or four <laughs> sessions. So, it did. <laughs> your, your mop has been leaving so much on the floor. There's a residue so thick. We got to get it off. Yeah, his biggest issue is like, well, every time I draw uh, x-ray tech comes through with an x-ray card, he leaves tracks. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's leaving tracks on the floor because there's one of two reasons. He's coming from somewhere that that soft rubber on those tires are, are, is leaving debris. But there's also there's a sticky residue on this floor that's attracting that soil off of the tire. It's actually pulling it off the top. And the right. floor is not going to do that on its own. There's something on it causing it to do that. Right. And he's like, and that's when he started on the maintenance thing. I'm like, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to tell you to do something different or new. I'm trying to help you make your job easier. And let's just wash the floor for the next three or four nights, or at least to the rest of this week with just warm water. And let's see where you get from there. And, you know, do some maintenance on the auto scrubber. Make sure your return line's not clogged up. Make sure your squeegee's working properly. You know, those are things that do the maintenance. Has that been done on the machines? When I showed up yesterday, my my expectation, my level of expectation, I was going to have two or three floor techs there, a couple of charged machines, and we were going to try to clean some floor. Mm -hmm. And it was, it ended up just being the maintenance director and the facility director for the hospital, and we walked in and looked at the floor. 
And I, I said, I appreciate your time. I love you guys coming to meet with me, but I would really love to meet the Forte. And, 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 that, and that always is the issue. It, it's like you never actually get to talk with the people that do the work. So by the, and you're always leaving, you're wondering when it gets filtered down to the floor tick, what really message got to them? Nothing, because that guy, the, the, the guy that's over EVS in the hospital is extremely busy and sits in a room with his office, literally is on the ground floor, has no windows, and he's in there behind a the desk hitting appointments and answering phone calls and handling the everyday operations of you know, ordering material and doing this and doing that. He probably never spoke to the Fortech. Um, if he did, it was probably a short conversation with the, the supervisor who's over the night shift or something yeah, and by the time it filters down to the person doing the job it's back to nothing what we changed. were doing yeah nothing changed and, and these water you know that's the interesting thing you know we um did did you get any of the see any of the videos that we did for the luxury vinyl floor care class sure yeah you know we went to a golf course um here in the last uh, month or so and shot some videos of uh, luxury vinyl floor care, and and the thing is, is that the the salesperson from Jim Supply, he wanted me to go out there and and uh, shoot some videos and show them how to restore the floors. And so you know, I took all of the re restoration products and equipment and everything with me and and all, and I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna tell you before we get there, probably the best thing is we just got to clean the floor. Right. Just get after it. And long and short of it is, folks, all we did was clean the floor and found out that it was just totally covered with grease from the kitchen into the dining area where they had the luxury vinyl floor. And there, there wasn't any scratches really on the floor. There, there wasn't any dullness on the floor. Once we removed the film and actually found the floor itself. Mm-hmm. By the way, you can go and look on our YouTube channel and you can see those videos just to see what I'm saying. But this is why you and I developed the Luxury Vinyl class. Uh, by the way, thank you very much. We've got two people that signed up for uh, in um, next month over in Tampa. So we'll have our first Luxury Vinyl floor class over in Tampa next month. Oh, great. That's excellent. I'm looking forward also to the FSPMA conference coming up. I've got our... I'm looking forward to you meeting Jim Toth, T-O-T-H. He's our maintenance director for Mannington. I'm looking forward to you guys meeting and chatting. He's going to be there. Yeah, now speaking of such, you know, we have talked about manufacturers' maintenance instructions. And I don't really want to put you on the spot as to what changes those have made. But, you know, one of the things I have found with this luxury vinyl floor maintenance instructions from many manufacturers is their instructions on maintenance is still use a pad use a rotary machine uh scrub the floor clean the floor polish it with a high-speed burnisher and i'm like you know this continues to be a, a real point of contention for me we when i mentioned earlier about gray area that's some of the, I think that's some of the politics that the manufacturers deal with as far as, because um, I've, I've uh, petitioned Mannington to remove the polish option off of our maintenance. 
and they came back to me and said, well, that we've got customers out there who want to put finish on our product and we don't want to dissuade them if that's the, the minus procedure that they want to go with. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not the direction that we're out there pushing and the, the low maintenance, no finish floor and all the money we put into the aluminum oxide and urethane finish that we have on our product. I would, you know, I think it would be better and most beneficial to promote a no finish. And we do promote no finish, but the last paragraph of our maintenance instruction, the finish option. So I've had right. several customers come to me and say, hey, you guys suggest finish. How do I put it on your floor? And, and you don't. You don't suggest they don't. do that. I don't. I don't suggest that. And it's, it's misinterpreted. Um, it's very clear on there that this is an option, but it's still misinterpreted. And, you know, putting finish on like our Antico or Spatia LVT with aluminum oxide in it, it, it sometimes leaves opaque spots on the floor because it doesn't adhere and it flakes off. I had, I, I went to a hospital north of Jacksonville and they were very upset that the, um, my, the product didn't look right. It looked spotty and there was something wrong with the, you know, the, the product. And when I went and looked at it, they had put finish on it and the finish just didn't adhere to the surface. And so you had these opaque, spots on it that looked like it had measles well and this is what i tell people in class all the time you know you can dump liquid floor finish we put on vct on anything right and they say can i do that sure you can do it but you will have unintended consequences most of the time will you get by with it sometimes sure it's just a point of no return i always that's the way i always position it. it's like once you go down that path it's a downhill path, and you continue on that path. You can never turn around. So it's back to it's back to what you fought yesterday. You know, right. why are you putting a low maintenance floor down if what you want to do is continue to maintain it with the high maintenance procedures you did before? Right. It's hard for them to believe that there's a window where the 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 strip, the the refinish, the spray buff, the high buff. There, there's a window where that goes away, but there's also those customers that, that think that they can just mop it with a dirty mop, a cotton mop, and then there's those customers that want to continue doing closer to the high-maintenance part of the VCT. So there's somewhere in, win in the window in the between that we have to work with it. Well, and what many people don't recognize, folks, as we're talking through this this morning is that most of the floors that we're seeing go down are plank floors, which have a grain, have a linear grain in them, which trap a lot more dirt, debris, uh, chemical, and everything. So your, your techniques that we've been using on smooth VCT finished floor, it, it just has to be different. And I think what we're talking about this morning is this is where I really think that people have forgotten and I think that what's so interesting in our industry today is that cleaning is getting more impact, more awareness. Uh, you know, we're you know I know we're talking about floors today, but you know, with our new course that we we released today for healthcare, we're talking about cleaning procedures, which means not using a disinfectant. Here, we're talking about cleaning procedures that don't mean uh, long-term high maintenance correct and 
believe me, overall, in this, like, these times that we've been going through, the restaurants that I've attended, because I'm trying to, my wife and I are trying to go out to as many local restaurants as we can to support them, and they're much cleaner. Everything's been wiped down. It's being wiped down on a regular basis. Um, you know, I'm not seeing, of course, that's some, I think we go to the same restaurants a lot. But, uh, <laughs> you have a tendency to do that, don't we? Yeah, yeah exactly. But I, I'm not seeing the, you know, the ones I'm going to, the buildup, you know, they're using, they, they're using very mild cleaners and stuff to wipe stuff down. Uh, although I was at uh, one of the major box stores the other day, uh, it's the blue one, and I went to the the blue one to check out, and I went to use the keypad to type in my debit card code, and I was like, whoa, I don't want to touch that. And they're like, uh, yeah, I know, the people that work here think that they have to spray it every time with something to order to, to keep it disinfected. I said, do you see the goo on that thing? I mean, it was literally gunked black. up with yeah with goo and black and i'm like do you think that that is clean and she's like no it's not clean i said well i don't want to use that i'm not going to use it. so i ended up swiping my card and running it as credit so i didn't have to push the buttons but, uh, but you know your your point is we're all being more aware we're all being more aware there's people conscious of the cleanliness of the space around where they probably wasn't so conscious before. So they've had to think about it and which and, is a good thing. And then this is what you're talking about that you had at the hospital yesterday is, you know, we have to have better daily cleaning procedures. And when you're talking about low maintenance floor, that's your maintenance. There is none other to worry with right I, I think folks just can't get this this through their head you know and, and what we've called cleaning has not been cleaning no and I went to another facility earlier in the week we've developed a relationship with the Mannington has nationally with a microfiber disposable microfiber company that has these mops that are disposable from room to room. And I met with that gentleman at one of my end users. Um, he's been soliciting me to want to go meet some people and, and work together. So I met with him and we went there. He, he noticed he's someone who's been in the maintenance business for a long time. We walked into the facility. It's a, a childcare facility has a lot of traffic in the morning and a lot of traffic in the afternoon. And then kind of throughout the day, it's kind of mixed. So they were having a huge tracking problem, and I just, I couldn't. He, what he discovered that day helped me yesterday, but on that day, we walked into the facility, and they have a huge tracking problem, and it's just tracking. They, they're like, we mop the floor, and the people come in and just tracks everywhere. There's, we just don't like this floor. We just hate it. So we went and looked. First thing you wanted to do is go to the laundry closet, so we went to the back, and the washing machine was running. And you couldn't see what was in there because of the foam and the, and the soap. Yep. And yep. it turned out it was the mop heads. They were washing the mop heads. So they were putting the neutral cleaner on the in the buckets, mopping the floor, taking the mop heads out because of sanitary reasons, putting them in the washing machine, putting more soap in the washing machine oh, to wash them, 
and then washing them and never it's just a constant cycle of buildup it just kept building up building up and that's what he said he goes there's their problem right there they're just reintroducing soap reintroducing soap and it's building up on the floor and it's tracking and, and it's mm -hmm. never it's not ever going to end so he was able to whether his product was good or not which i'm still back and forth with it but um <laughs> it 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 worked because he just took a bottle of water and dropped some water on the floor and then just mopped it with that microfiber and was able to go you know, in the direction of the grain of the plank and was right. able to clean the floor very effectively and it didn't attract and the microfiber took and then you then his argument is you dispose of the microfiber um you know mop mop head and then and you put another one on and they run about 35 cents a piece it's a lot less money than you know, changing mop heads and washing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there's there's pluses and minuses to both. Yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, hey, I'll just say it right here live on the air. I am not a fan of, of uh, disposable products because we are getting a tremendous, tremendous buildup of landfill disposable products. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm just not a fan of that. On the other side, you cannot continue to mop as we have been before because all of the mopping equipment that we've conventionally used has left this detergent uh, chemistry on the floor. And so that's why we're a big proponent here at the Academy of a divided system. And, and that's the biggest thing that people have got to do is change that daily cleaning procedure because what you've been doing hasn't been working, but that's, you, you just, we've, we, we've gotten so used to a floor covered with a film that when you change the flooring material, things change. Well, we work on the manufacturing side. We work tremendously hard to try to develop a finish uh, that will repel or not have an affinity for stains or chemicals or debris. So it can be removed easily. So we do that. We've done that on the carpet side. For the most part, a lot of the carpet that at least we manufacture is um, cationic, has a cationic yarn in it. So it therefore is a negative. That, that chemistry means that your acid-based stains, coffee, tea, red wine, Kool-Aid, Gatorade, whatever you want to call it, is they are all negatively charged and they're attracted to a positive so if you're therefore if your yarn is negative then it doesn't have an affinity for those stains and you can simply remove them by diluting them with water and extracting them from the system or rinsing them off because there's no need for chemical because the yarn doesn't have an affinity for it uh, some of the residential yarns they develop now are made from polyester and polyester has a neutral charge and doesn't have a affinity for bleach or those negatively charged stains, it cleans very easily with just water. So we're working very hard on the, the manufacturer's side to reduce the amount of chemicals necessary in order to clean our products. And then you have the chemical salesmen on the other side are working very hard to continue to sell their chemicals. So, well, you know, what's key thing that you said there, Sean, several different times is rinse. And, right. and this is the part of the new course that we just released today. Um, you know, there was some very you know, heated discussions about the protocols that we wrote into the CEST course. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have been getting this for a, a couple of years because we write into all of our procedures 
because we have to, as you said, we as experts in the field have to, to establish protocol from best practice standards. Correct. And so rinsing and physical removal is the last step, no matter what chemistry, no matter what surface is used. And I think this is the whole issue that you're talking about this morning. It's, it's not as much the chemistry that they used, although, as you just explained, that does make a difference. And the surfaces don't attract them as much as we did before because, you know, hey, vinyl floor is not porous. VCT is extremely porous. Right. So you've changed the material. However, we haven't went to rinsing the chemical, the chemistry. And I don't care if the bottle says no rinse or not. It still leaves a chemical residue. And mm -hmm. so regardless of, of that surface that you have worked so hard as a manufacturer to provide, if we leave a film on it with chemistry and don't rinse, it, it's still laying there. Yep. You know, and I think that's the thing that we wrote into all of our courses. And as we rewrite and update and everything, you know, rinsing is required regardless of what the label says. Yeah, because that's often the, that, that is the most common issue that I have came across by far is reduced chemical. I used to do it more when I was a carpet, when I sold carpet, commercial carpet. If I had an issue with the stain uh, in a carpet or trafficking, the first thing, I, very first thing I would do is a white terry cloth towel and a bottle of water. I'd put it on the carpet and I'd run it around in a circle. And if I got soap bubbles, I knew what my problem was. And I and it's completely just transferred to all this hard surface. And I don't know why I was expecting a different outcome because you know, <laughs> same people cleaning this, you know, a different floor, you know. So they're doing the same thing. They're still putting chemical on. And and you know, is it you know, it's like the mop that you said. Um, yeah, yeah. If we cleaned them right, if we did this, we did that. But you know, even at that, if we would have simply rinsed the floor after with plain cold water, then whatever had been done, you know, I, you know, and something I, I learned a long time ago when we were stripping and refinishing floors is we always told people to rinse, and you know, for some odd reason, people with VCT floors and their stripping process feel like they have to rinse the floor with a mop. Mm -hmm. And the guy was rinsing the floor with his brand new laundered mop. Yeah. And I said, that's your problem. He goes, no, no, no. We've been doing it for years. I said, yeah, but that's the problem. You're leaving a pH residue on the floor. Oh, no, no, no. It's a, it's a clean mop. I said, no, it's not brand new. It's clean from the laundry. So we just had him stick it in, in a bucket of water, let it sit there for five minutes, and then tested the water, and it was a 10 pH. Wow. So that told us about how much chemical residue was left in the, in it. and I said, you strip the floor with a 10 pH chemical, and now you've just mopped 10 pH water on the floor. Now you want to know why your floor fish isn't staying? It's breaking down. Well, and this is what you're talking about this morning, Sean, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's people do not realize because we've done it for so long that we're so used to the outcome that when you change the process for a different, better outcome, it's just now all of a sudden too much. Right. Oh, it's like the guy said, well, what do you expect me to do? Test the pH of the water? I said, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> you check your you check the oil in your engine before you take a long trip, don't you? I hope. You, you know, you put fuel in your car, right? You know, you, right. You, you, do you ever look at the octane of the fuel that you put in your car? Uh, but you know, this is this is the thing. Um, you, you've just got to pay attention whenever you make changes. And I think what's so great about the classes we have here at the academy and the people that come is that, uh, you know, by and large, most of the people that come to a class, they're there to make a change. Little did they know how many changes they'll make once they leave class. Right. You'd be lucky if, if, if one or two things stick. You, you know, that's, that's the thing. Just like when you left, uh, you know, how many students leave a class and actually get to implement uh, the things that they saw in class. And, uh, what, you know, what's interesting, though, we did some research here over the last um, couple months uh, with Bradley University, some students working on their uh, year-end program, and they worked with us. And, you know, one of the things that we're very uh, thankful for is how many students have come to an academy class over the last four years and continue to come back because they want to make changes. And I think that, I think that speaks to what is happening in our industry. Well, it's, it, the hard surface as we've talked before is not going to go away. It's going to continue to grow. So the technology is changing the sizes of the, the format of the tiles are changing and the planks and the shapes and uh, the colors and the, the the print films, I mean, everything's changing because it is uh, a technology that's growing. And I I think that the maintenance will eventually catch up. It's just lagging behind because things are slow to change. Well, hasn't that always been, you know, as long yeah. as I've been in the flooring industry, you know, taking care of floors, you know, from the early 80s, um, it seemed like the manufacturers came up with a machine then the uh, chemical manufacturers raced to figure out what kind of chemical to go with the machines. And then, okay, we were still working with VCT, but, you know, we went from permanent sealers to semi-permanent sealers to product that is a sealer finish. You know, and it seems like we're always chasing behind. I'm, you know, one of the this goes back to one of my little pet peeves. My wife, she always laughs. At me. Uh oh, you have one. I, I have one. I only one. <laughs> only and one. Only one. And there's two. There's two things in, that I've noticed in life, and one of them is why don't the manufacturers of floor covering products, carpet and LVT and LVP, uh, and different flooring services, work with vacuum cleaner companies? Why aren't there a direct relationship between the two to where uh, you're actually incorporating it? I always ask the guy that I used to work for in a carpet store, why don't we sell vacuum cleaners? I could sell one with every job that I do because everybody needs one. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I never thought about that. And we never we <laughs> never ended up selling them. But I was, it seems, seems so foreign to me. That that, and the other thing that's always bothered me is why is there um, not matching hot dog buns to the amount of hot dogs in a package? You always have a burn record. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming, Sean. <laughs> That's my wife's like, could you quit talking about that? They're never gonna change. And I'm like, I don't 
It doesn't make sense. You seem like they need each other. The Hakon people and the Bun people need each other. They have to work together. Why is it that there's not the same amount of buns in a package that there is hot dogs? Is there some fundamental reason that is unexplainable to me that the manufacturing process has to put what is it, seven hot dogs in a bun in a case, and then there's eight hot dog buns? I just don't understand it. So. Well folks, we, well, folks, after 30 minutes, we've been talking with Sean DeVore here on Podbean Live. Uh, folks, we're sponsored by Jim Supply in uh, middle, uh, well, central uh, Florida, where they've been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930. You know, Sean, what was interesting, and one of the reasons I brought the Academy down here, and, and uh, we're a service of Jim Supply, is that you know, what you just said a minute ago, why shouldn't the people that distribute cleaning products also distribute professional development courses? And that's what right. Jim Supply does. That's what the Academy does. And so it works very well hand in hand, but it's not the norm. It's an exception to the rule. Yes, it is. It is an exception to the rule. You know, it's that uns unseen, unspoken rule that, you know, but yeah, you know, how many, you know, in my career, how many custodial supply houses also had a custodial service? You know, they could see that segue, but whenever mm -hmm. you try to say, why don't we sell education like we sell toilet paper, hand soap, and floor finish, they were like, well, you, no, 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 we give that away free. Well, it, it's, it's, not valuable information when you give it away free because well and folks we don't want to get into on that one today yeah but i think that's what you're talking about here so uh, the the task of an expert in the maintenance field is sometimes very daunting because people just don't you know because we don't have this um uh, acronym that follows along behind that everybody recognizes. Well, yeah, exactly. That's there's no certification that makes you certified to do what you say you can do. Um, you know, my my dad was a heavy equipment operator his whole career for the most part, and there was nothing that said that he was a certified drag line or track hoe operator but if he had a track hoe with a thumb on it he could pick up you know a, almost pick up a nickel off of a piece of concrete with with the track hoe and that was due to experience running the machine taking the time to learn but there was nothing behind his name saying that he was a professional so to see him out there on a machine doesn't necessarily make him a professional and there are people in our industry that do what we do that are very good at doing the business that they do, they just don't have the right information in order to facilitate the proper way of doing something. And sometimes we just can't get that information that we have to the right person. And Sean, that's why I'm so happy that you joined with us last year on Podbean Live here to have our podcast like this to inform people uh, because this is just another outlet for you and I to let people know that there is professional advice out there, that they they do have resources. And, 
you know, while you sell Mannington, you know, floor products, as you said, you're there to help, you know, uh, you know, that's, I had a, a student that took one of your, one of our uh, luxury vinyl classes here last mm -hmm. month. And uh, we got through with the, the afternoon class and he was like, well, you haven't talked about the price of any of the stuff. I said, we don't do that in class. Right. Well, I thought you were going to try to sell me stuff. I go, no, you came here for information. You paid before you got here. And did you get information? Oh, yeah, I got more information than I thought I should have paid for. And he, well, he's, like, he's like, when are you going to start selling to me? I said, if you want me to sell the items to you, you go home. You look at this over, you talk with your boss, which was his wife. Mm -hmm. And I said, y'all talk it through and then you send me a list and then we'll talk about what you need and I'll help you find it, but not here in class. And this is such a, a, a unique and foreign idea concept to the cleaning industry that, you know, I've preached for 20 years. Well, it's, I was talking to somebody about that the other day uh i read a ton of sales books. i'm always reading some book about sales right now i'm going back and reading uh dale carnegie's book out of win friends and influence people but i wish i was a reader i could do that i just can't i don't read any well let me be honest with you i'm not reading anything i'm listening to it when I yeah, you, you, uh, yeah you, you listen to it on audible yeah, exactly. I listen to it on audible.com. And it's not a plug for Audible, but I sure but do. But hey, it is what we do. Yeah, it is what I do. You know, so I drive a lot, so I listen. But anyway, you know, a lot of these guys that I listen to, um, some of them that I, I, you know, that are true mentors to me, I don't even know the guys that I read their information. But over time, they become their own worst enemy. They all become their own marketing enemy. And yep. that, just what that gentleman said to you I, if I want to get anything from one of them, when I, I have to join their website and pay money or yeah. I have to, I can't just buy their book. I have to buy something else from them. Um, you know, and, and it's becomes a campaign, a marketing campaign. And some of them have just been regurgitating the same stuff over and over, trying to enlighten new people uh, as they move through. It's like building a fence. I've already built the fence over here. But I build fence for a living, so all I can do is continue to build fence. So that's what they do. They continue to build fence. And and uh, so then they start selling the post and the fence and the nails and the hammers and everything that goes with it. And it just dilutes the entire thing. So very right. proud of you for keeping, you know, keeping it honest. And it, it is about information. And, and the gentleman already paid to learn what he wanted to learn and and get the information from you. There's no need for you to sell him something else. You'd already sold it to him. Yeah, I, I think your your point is we need better educated consumers. Yes. I mean, that's the way I put it. I mean, there may be a more uh, robust way to, to say it. But, you know, for me, heck, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. I'm just sometimes just plain and practical. You know, it's just I want more educated consumers so that when you make the right, you your right choice, whatever your right choice is, although I want you to make your choice based on my best practices <laughs> right you know you know it, it's like when you make that choice i want it to be the right choice for you and you can't do that if if all that they're getting is like as you said uh just you know continual feed down the throat mm -hmm. 
and that's all we get, you know, and that's kind of how our society has gotten now. It's, it's a complete marketing system where they market to the consumer completely. And it's all based on direct marketing and how to focus and get, you know, make you believe that you want it and then you go get it and then you have it and you're disappointed they move you right down to the next thing you know i uh when uh, bradley university did their review of our uh, of all of our systems and everything at the academy um one of the things they said was well we need a, a um right on the front of your website we need to make sure that people can look at reviews and i said well there is a, a button there that says reviews and she says, I didn't see it. And I'm like, it's in the middle of the page. Right. Problem was, I didn't have it big enough. So, folks, I want to tell you, there is a button on the middle of our front page that says reviews. So, you can go and look at reviews. <laughs> um, but, but I think you're, you're right. And I, and I don't mean to be marketing this morning, but this is what we do, right? Right. I have, you know, I can't, I, I can't, I can't just talk all the time. I never mentioned the academy, and never mentioned the courses and stuff because this is what we do every day. Well, it's your, yeah, it's definitely what you do, and it's the uh, source of income for you. You know, speaking of the uh, floors that you said are taking over the, and everything, um, I know in class we talk about luxury vinyl floors when you and I put the course together. Well, probably near a year ago. Um, being around 40 to 50 percent is LV products now higher than that oh yeah I think I think we're pushing 60 percent now really maybe, maybe a little higher yeah the, the majority of my sales is hard surface now uh, and what's the, and what's leaving a VCT or carpet both uh, evenly VCT is um, gone I would, I would, at least in, it, it's gone in such a, a fashion that the last year, I think we had sales in 2015 of VCT. It was down, the sales were down 40% year over year in 2015. We wow. sold that division to a, a, a good competitor of ours, Armstrong. We sold it to them uh, and got rid of the manufacturing, the excess stock, everything. We just made a move to get away from it. And, Mannington does not make VCT. We only make LV products. So you're saying six years ago you quit manufacturing VCT? I think it was set. We sold it in 2016 or 2017. Yeah, I don't know exactly the year, but yeah, yeah, we got out of that business um, just because it was declining so rapidly. So well, you the know, VCT you go to the market's gone. You you go to the big box stores and you can't hardly find it on the shelf. Yeah, because there's only a couple of manufacturers still even making it. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, at our new uh, facility over in Tampa that we opened last year, uh, at the end of the year, when we were putting in my classroom uh, flooring, uh, it it was pretty hard. It was it was it was difficult to find um, good product to put down for the VCT, and uh, it, you know the colors and everything the the choices are getting limited, you know, very limited and stuff. And I, and Hey, I have no problem with that. We, we had to put it down because I need to have a, for a class, yeah, but, right. But you know, well, you're that, talking very limited. You know, I think though, the interesting thing you told me before we did all of that though, Sean, and I appreciate that because I laid mm -hmm. a bunch of LV myself now, 
you know, installing LV is not the same. No. And no, I think that I think that's laying in as much a problem on a lot of this LV stuff as as the maintenance now. Yeah, I mean, they there's a lot of different, you know, VCT. There's there was room for some uh, deflection. So there you have. You know, he kept a knife in his pocket. If the tile was a little out of square, he just pulled it up to himself, carved off a little bit, stuck it down because he knew that they were going to be putting finish over it. And it really didn't matter as long as it, unless it was just crazy out of square. Um, LVT if, or an LVP, if it's out of square or has some kind of manufacturing defect, it's very difficult for the installer to hide anything. So the well, I think the one thing you, you counseled me on before I laid my own here is to make sure that that floor was totally level and smooth and no debris yeah because anything telegraphs through yeah and and you know hey try as as much as i wanted to uh, and tried to do as best a job as i could now that we've been walking on it for a month i'm seeing some places where you know what i didn't quite do as good a job as i thought i did mm -hmm. but hey now, it's in my own home so well, you're probably the only one that notices that, too. Well, yeah, I'm a little hypersensitive to it. You know, for one reason, I did it myself. And the other is right. because you told me to be careful, and I thought I was. And you know, it's the best I could do, I guess. You know, but this is this is back to, you know, folks, it's not just the product. It's the installation. I think this is a whole new area for a lot of people. Although LV has been around for a long time, it's still a new emerging market. Well, we've been, I've gotten a lot of questions lately. Uh, people call, customers calling me, does Mannington have a certified installation program? Um, and we don't. And there's a lot of, most manufacturers don't because it opens up a lot of uh, windows. There's, the way the market, why the way the product goes to market, uh, the way floor covering goes to market in general is that it's specified at the architectural level and then it uh, goes to the GC level and is bid out to multiple subcontractors. And those multiple subcontractors use whatever labor that they want to use in order to get it to the floor and get it installed. It's, it's typically, if you're a market maker and you're controlling your market as a salesperson, you try to manipulate the market, so to speak, that so that those subcontractors that bid on your projects are, are using qualified installers based on just years of knowledge and knowing each different subcontractor. You try to manipulate the market in order to make that happen. If we were to have a training program at Mannington or Armstrong or Tarket or whoever you want to call and have a certification process, I can certify um, Mr. Joe Garcia out here that puts down floor covering and I'll certify him as a certified Mannington installer. He went to our plant. Well, because of that, he he's going to demand a higher price. So on a larger project, when the subcontractor goes to bid the project, he's not going to call Joe. He's going to call, you know, Charles over here that Charles has been, you know, his dad used to install uh, LVP and he taught him how to do it. And he'll do it for 75 cents a foot where, you know, Joe wants $1.25 a foot because it's going to be straight. It's going yep. to be, floor, going to be yep. level and it's going to be put in properly. So. Right now, the way the industry works, uh, I don't see any hope of having certified installers anytime soon. Uh, it, it's just not, 
not going to happen. You know, we're kind of getting that with the cleaning industry as a whole because of the infection prevention and that stuff. And there, there is the talk in the industry uh, that some states are looking to start programs where they start enforcing the fact that in order to apply disinfectants, you have, a, have to have a license. Um, some of the people in the pest control business are talking about why shouldn't these people that are spraying with disinfectants have to meet the same rules because both products are governed under the same regulations. So mm -hmm. I, I think that as time moves forward, I don't know if it'll be in your time and mine, but um, we can definitely see that the awareness factor to the cleaning industry over the last 18 months has created a whole different environment. And I, I, I love our time together every month uh, to be able to talk through these issues. But uh, I think we've ran our time for today. Okay. So tell everybody where they can get hold of you, Sean, and, and further the conversation if they'd like. Please feel free to look, reach out to me, whether you want to buy material or just learn more about floor covering. My name is Sean, S-E-A-N. Last name is DeVore, D-E-V as in Victor, O-R-E. My email address is sean.devore at mannington.com, or I can be reached by phone at 352-630-9884. And I appreciate your time today, Dave. Thank you. You know what, if any of you folks out there have a different package of hot dogs and buns that you want to send to Sean, I'm sure that he'd be glad to get those in the right packaging. Yeah, I would be. I would love to be part of that process. <laughs> Sean, thanks a lot for the conversation today, folks. If you've been listening to us today, uh, Sean and I talk about, as you can tell, just about anything and everything. We have guest speakers that come on from time to time. Please like and share. I looked at uh, our Podbean uh, episodes and stuff. We have 5,500 downloads now. We're in season five. We thank you very much for those downloads. Please like and share whatever we do on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Our website is www.academyofcleaning.com. We have online courses, classroom courses, and live remote learning. So we'll cover you on all bases. Whatever you do between now and the next time we talk to you, make sure that it's healthy, positive, and proactive. Sean, talk to you again next month, maybe on time next month, huh? Yeah, exactly. Let's bring it back into line. All right. Bye, folks. Thank you.